Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Walters Wanderings Travel Podcast. My name is Scott Walters, and today we will be talking Carnival Cruises, one of the largest cruise lines in the world, with a whole bunch of ships going to a whole bunch of places, and there's something for everyone when it comes to Carnival Cruises. And because of that, my special is, if you listen to this podcast and mention Carnival Cruises, I will give you some extra onboard credit based on your cabin category and the length of your cruise. So uh, obviously an interior cabin, you'll get a little less. A balcony, you'll get a little bit more. A uh, longer cruise, you'll get more because, well, you need more when you're on a longer cruise. So with us today is Cassidy Davis. She is from Carnival Cruise Lines. And I thank you for hopping aboard the podcast today. Uh, thank you, Scott. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the invite. All right. So I guess let's start with you and then we'll get to the cruise line. Um, what's your background with Carnival Cruises and what might you have done before uh, joining the Carnival team? Well, my background with Carnival Cruises, is I've always been a part of what we call our trade division. So trade just means we work with travel partners. I started off on our trade events team. So the events team that worked directly with our BDMs to coordinate um conferences, trade shows, travel partner, thank you events, etc. And because I was so close to travel partners and our BDM team, I became really interested in the sales side. So I spent the last four years on our strategic partnerships team, which is similar to our national accounts. And we work with some of the largest travel partners um, to really secure and to make sure that travel partners are well represented throughout the carnival organization and that we support them in their day-to-day -day business. Uh, after the strategic partnerships team um, and having been, been bitten by the sales bug even harder, uh, I wanted to um, try my hand at managing my own territory. So I recently relocated and was uh, given the role of business development manager for the Central Florida, Orlando area, where I manage um, travel partners in that area. Oh, that's wonderful. And I have to tell you, even though I'm in New York, the agency that I'm affiliated with is headquartered just north of Orlando proper. So that's why we talk and that's why you're my gal, my go-to sure. person when it comes to things carnival. Sure. Now, I ask you, um, your own personal cruise experience, how many cruises have you been on and what was your most favorite cruise of all? Ah, so I have been on about 15 cruises um, between personal cruises, traveling with our travel partners. I think that my favorite cruise was probably the Carnival Vista, uh, its inaugural sailing. The Carnival Vista debuted within months after uh, my first few months at Carnival. So it's almost like we started, the Vista and I started at the same time. So I guess there's a little sentimental value there. But uh, the Carnival Vista was a great sailing, as well as I got to take my parents, who were in their 60s, on their first ever cruise in 2019. We did a Thanksgiving sailing, which was our first you know, non-traditional, non-at-home, around-the-dinner-table Thanksgiving, and they loved it and are chomping at the bit to to get back on a ship. Well, I, I, lo I love holiday cruises because um, the themings for, different, for the different holidays is really quite wonderful. I don't know where they store all the stuff to do it, though. <laughs> it, you know, there, there, there is a lot of stuff that they, you know, put on the ships um, because I've been on cruises at New Year's. 
I've been on cruises at uh, Halloween, and it's like it, it, it all appears from basically out of nowhere. It's pretty magical, actually, when you step on a cruise ship at those times. So now the actual Carnival Cruise Line, um, how many ships, um, what kind of uh, what kind of ships? I mean, they're different. They have different size ships for different types of cruises, correct? For sure. Yes. We have 24 ships um, sailing from 14 different departure ports. And you're absolutely right. We have different classes of ships um, starting from uh, classes like our XL class ships, which are our largest. That's our newest, like the Mardi Gras, all the way down to some of our smaller ships that may hold around 1,500 guests. So to give you an idea of scale, our XL class ships hold 6,000 plus guests and some of the smaller ones hold 1,500. So there's something for everyone. There's folks that really like the XL class um, experience. They like having something to do in different zones all over the ship. And there's the traditional cruisers who say, hey, I really like the smaller, more intimate setting. I like meeting people on board. Um, and there's something truly for everyone on Carnival. Well, that's true. And the 14 cruise ports that you regularly sail out of include many of the very popular cruising destinations. Miami is obviously big, Port Canaveral. You have Tampa. You have Jacksonville, all in Florida. You even have uh, ships sailing from Baltimore. You have seasonal service from New York, plus uh, things out of the West Coast. So, And, of course, Galveston, which is a, actually a huge marketplace nowadays. So those are some of the highlights. Now, besides the U.S., based kind of itineraries. Um, what are some of the other places Carnival cruises to? We also do uh, Europe sailings. We also have a, a, we, many people don't know. Someone told me yesterday, I didn't realize Carnival was in Australia. We do have Carnival Cruise Line Australia. Uh, we have two ships that sail um, from Australia, but we also have, um, as I mentioned, European sailings. We do transatlantic voyages. Uh, we also have a special program called Carnival Journeys, and that's for folks who maybe have more time than a traditional four, five, six-day sailing. These go all the way up to 15 days, and they go to more exotic destinations. Some of them do those transatlantic voyages. They have special themed days on the sailings that speak to each of the really unique ports of call that they visit. So there are uh, there's sailing options all the way from three to 15 days. And I have to say, when we were talking about the, the ports of call, uh, our U.S. ports of call, something that is, I find really interesting is that 50 percent of the U.S. population can be at any one of our U.S. ports of call that you mentioned, the Miamis, the Jacksonvilles, the Tampas. 50% of the country can be at one of those ports within five hours or less by car. Which yeah, that's that's amazing. Obviously, if you're living, say, in Wyoming or Idaho, maybe not so much. But yes. if you're if you're on the East Coast, I know that you know the seasonal service from New York. I know the service from Baltimore, which I believe is year-round. Those are within five hours for sure. For sure. Um, and then obviously for a whole bunch of other people, the the Texans and the people in the in the Deep South, um, Galveston is uh, certainly within that five-hour zone too. And, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that I like about, you know, cruise lines that have uh, multiple options. It's it makes it easier for me as a travel advisor 
to go ahead and find the perfect fit for a client. Because, you know, it's a matter of asking the questions of the client. You know, what do you like? What don't you like? You know, what kind of experiences have you had before? I guess let's 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 go into that. Say we have a first time cruising family yeah. um, with a husband, wife and two kids. Say the kids are 11 and eight. OK, just to make that make that up. What uh, what what ship would you actually um, steer them towards or what class of carnival ships would you steer them towards if, you know, they, they, they like their activity and then they, they like to, you know, have uh, you know lots of food and, and drink options? Well, you know what? You can't really go wrong with our ships because all of them are outfitted with our youth programming. And that is for guests from two all the way up to age 17. So there's different classes uh, divided by smaller age groups between two and 17. And almost all of our ships have um, our water park or our water zone with the slides and splash pads and children's programming, Dr. Seuss programming. Um, it depends on what they like and whether or not uh, how far they want to drive, like the, the discussion that we just we just mentioned. Um, some of them may like some of our newer ships that have even expanded Lido areas where they have, you know, the roller coasters. They have um, they have huge water slides. They have um, ropes course and just expanded kids zones on the inside of the ship. So that may speak to some of some of our newer ships. Some of our mid-sized ships have many of the same options um, that families enjoy as well. So if drive distance is important to those families, then they may want to focus on those that they can be at quickly within a drive. But otherwise, so many of our ships speak to families. The fa I believe families is what we do best. So, Yeah, I, I think that families and I think... Um... You know, the demographic that likes to have fun because, you know, Carter was called the fun ships. Now, getting to fun, one of the things I always like about going on a cruise is the uh, options of food. Because, as I always say, even though I, I tend not to do this myself, a lot of times people, you know, arrive and embark on the cruise as a person. And then they disembark as cargo because they, they eat so much. <laughs> So um, what are some of the food options that you can find on Carnival ships uh, that you would like to highlight? Well, we have a really wide array. So we have everything from our casual dining all the way up to dining experiences that really speak to foodies. So we have uh, several complimentary dining options. Our, a fan favorite being our Guy's Burgers. So we partnered with Guy Fieri from diners, dives, and drive-ins. Uh, and he has a series of restaurants on board. The original, and I believe most popular, is Guy's Burgers. It's complimentary at no additional cost. He also has Guy's Pig and Anchor Barbecue and Smokehouse that is now on the majority of our fleet, which is also a very popular option. But we also have, as I spoke about, you know, foodies and what they may be interested in. We also have a, an experience called Chef's Table, which is a bit more involved. It is several courses of dinner in a really small dining setting. I think only 12 guests per night can experience the Chef's Table experience. Um, and it, these are menu items specially selected by our chef, like eight or nine courses. It's ridiculous, but the, the presentation is amazing. The food is amazing. 
Uh, and then we have dining options even in between. So our traditional steakhouse, we have uh, kind of a hibachi teppanyaki grill on board, uh, Italian. There, there's no shortage of food options for sure, Scott. No, and there's 24-hour pizza, which is like three in the morning. You want to stumble out of bed and then go <laughs> grab some pizza. You go to Lido Deck, and they're there. They're there ready to give you pizza. And, uh, you know, we, we can't forget uh, things like the blue iguana for the Mexican type fare, the handheld burritos and tacos and things. It's usually adjacent to the guy's uh, burger joint. And I've had both on board. Um, I've also had the steakhouse experience, which is really nice. There is an upcharge, but again, we're looking at value. If you, you know, that's the thing, I guess, I guess that's the next area I want to talk about before I talk about uh, uh, anything else and some of the uh, exclusive uh, items on board the ships. Um, the value of cruising, um, it's hard sometimes to explain to people that cruising can be such a value, but it is. So why don't you give it a go and tell, tell the folks out there why cruising uh, is a value-based vacation option. Cruising is a value-based vacation option for us because of you know what's included in cruising versus what you might not get on land. So cruising for us includes lodging, it includes dining. You could dine all week and, and never pay an additional cost should you not want to. We have fabulous main dining options. We have complimentary uh, casual to specialty dining options as well. We have complimentary entertainment. So whether that be the carnival playlist productions or just options around the ship like dive-in movies, bring your family around the pool every evening and watch movies on the big screen. We have uh, complimentary attractions like our water park and our splash pad for kids and you know, our kids areas and, you know, movie theaters and trampoline parks all on board, all included in your cruise fare. So there's no additional costs needed. You can plan your vacation, have an idea of your budget uh, even before you sail and stick to that budget. So it makes for a very appealing um, op option for families that want to pay one specific price, stick to their budget and have so many amenities and options included. That's a good point, uh, especially, you know, sticking to the budget, because we all know that, you know, m money money can be tight, and, and you can still, a family of four can cruise on a carnival cruise for even a week for, for, for less money than, uh, you know, going to many other vacation options, even even for less money than the ticketing options at uh, some of the major theme parks around. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing the value of a cruise, there's no doubt. Now, I want to talk about some of the ports of call, especially the exclusive ports that Carnival goes to. Now, I went to one, and when you talk about it, I'm going to stop you and talk about what I what 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 fun I had there. But the, there are several ports in the Caribbean that are Carnival exclusive only ports. Yes, we have one in the Dominican Republic, uh, and that is Amber Cove. It is a very popular spot for us. Um, it is one that we recently built within the last few years, and it is immediate beach access. You can rent an over-the-water kind of bungalow experience for the day. You can obviously swim in the ocean. There's huge pools, lounge areas. There is um, hand gliding that you can do right at the port. It's one of our most popular 
private uh, beach options. We also share some of our private destinations with our sister lines in Half Moon Key and Princess Key that that you may that may be the one you visited. I went, I went to Half Moon Key, um, and and I have to tell you, I, I I splurged a little bit, but not too much to get my own cabana that actually overlooked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The area, and then I could see the ship in the background. Now we have to tell the people that uh, the the that is a what we call a tender port, which means you take the smaller boat from the big ship, and you right. take it to the docks at the island. It's it's not it's unless there's a real mobility issue, there's no worries. You still get there to and from, and I've never had an issue with the tender, except for when the tender, well, it's another story for another day, but <laughs> I, had, I had one tender experience that was like the Gilligan's Island theme song, but that was because, <laughs> of, that was because of a weather situation that cropped up. Uh, you know, the weather started getting rough and all of that, but, but uh, Half Moon Key, I, we actually rented a cabana right there, and, and uh, they, there was a there was a person there that would make sure that we have were properly stocked with food and with the, uh, with the, you know, potent potables for the adults and the not so potent potables for the kids. Okay. It was located right by the beach. Um, it had its own little shower that I was able to, you know, rinse off. Um, it was uh, shaded and it was, uh, there was even a mini fridge with uh, you know, stuff stocked in there. It was really quite nice. And it was, it was a small uh, upcharge, but uh, not significant, uh, you know, based on the overall cost involved. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, the private islands uh, and then and the shared islands that uh, Carnival has are really nice. And, and uh, no matter what cruise line you go on, um, if you have uh, the excur if you have the day at the, the private island for whatever cruise line, be a carnival or someone else, um, definitely take advantage of what's available on these uh, at these locations. There's no doubt about it. Sure. Yes. Agreed. Now, um, I guess the next thing I want to talk about is um, what would your ideal uh, bucket list cruise be that you haven't been on yet? Oh, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day. So I I have actually yet to do Alaska. And that is that is a very popular destination. Yeah, uh, I don't know if, the, if we've mentioned Alaska yet, but Carnival does sail seasonally to Alaska. Uh, and that's a destination that I would love to go to. Scott, you just look at folks' pictures that have just come back and it's obviously breathtaking. And it's just a, a really special cruise experience that's kind of a departure from the typical, you know, tropical Caribbean theme. So I think Alaska would be one. And I'd love to also do one of our Europe sailings. Well, I did. I went to Alaska on uh, Carnival's sister line because we, we have to. You have everyone has to understand that Carnival is part of the Carnival Corporation, and there are many different cruise lines that are actually part of the whole corporate banner. So I, it doesn't. It, it's it's no it's no offense if I tell you that uh, I cruised on Princess to Alaska three years ago, and it was mind blowing. First of all, we had perfect weather. Um, it was like in the upper 60s for the highs, even in Ketchikan, where there's actually a uh, a rainforest because of all the rain they get. There was no rain and the sun was shining, which really pleased the locals a whole lot because they hadn't seen the sun in 13 days. And uh, yeah, and then the, wow. you know, Juneau was unbelievable. Um, we I saw the Mendenhall Glacier and we went up the the wonderful tram that goes up the up the mountainside and. Uh, and in Skagway, we took uh, the train into Canada and back. It was really, it was really stunning and great stuff all the way through um, 
for 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 Alaska is definitely a destination. My bucket list right now is to do um, like a Mediterranean transit. You see maybe a whole loop from Barcelona back to Barcelona and do you know be like a back to back cruise kind of thing. You would yeah. have to do yeah. two cruises one, and of course uh, a Panama Canal transit. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah. you have to see the amazing. I mean, it's an amazing you know, engineering feat. Um, and, and, you know, they actually uh, expanded on it to make bigger ships be able to go through. So it's really that's those are those are the those are the two uh, Mediterranean and uh, Panama Canal. There's no doubt. Scott, what what's your favorite cruise that you have been on? Well, let's see. Um, I think my favorite cruise was probably the, the very first. My very first cruise was a cruise to nowhere that got me hooked. But they don't do that anymore because of uh, rules and regulations from our government. But I got hooked on that. A three night, it was a three-night cruise on a ship that scrapped, sadly enough. But my first full-length cruise, well, again, was on Princess, and it was 1998. We, we sailed from San Juan, and we did the Southern Caribbean, which is, I really recommend that, and there are cruises from Carnival that do leave from San Juan. And if you leave from Florida, you basically have a choice of Eastern or Western Caribbean, unless you take one of those Carnival Journeys cruises, which is longer. But if you want a, a good full-on Southern Korean experience, you can leave from San Juan, which is really a fascinating city anyways, and it's a great place. And uh, and also to um, go to, Bar we went to Barbados, we went to St. Lucia, we went to St. Kitts, and uh, we ended up with uh, St. Martin and uh, St. Thomas, so we got that kind of flavor too. And it was really tremendous. Um, I met people in Barbados that... Uh, we're friends of uh, friends, and uh, they took us around, and it was great. Um, St. Lucia, I, I made a batik shirt um, because they do. That's where batiking started. Mm -hmm. um, St. Kitts, we were actually the first ship ever to dock in St. Kitts, so they had a whole big welcoming committee. Wow. It was really wonderful. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I do recommend that kind of uh, cruise because, again, the, the Southern Caribbean is overlooked, but it really is. I think they're some of the best uh, locations to go cruising to. There's no doubt. Yes, I agree. Th that itinerary sounds extraordinary. You're right. <laughs> and then and then the thing about San Juan that was great is I'm a Pittsburgh Pirate fan. Okay. So even though they they, they they stunk basically for the last 40 years, mm -hmm. um, I was also a big fan of Roberto Clemente, who was from Puerto Rico. And when we were walking around in San Juan, I, of course, strategically had my pirate hat on and my Roberto Clemente shirt on. And people are coming up to me saying, did you ever see him? Did you? I said, oh, yes. And I told the stories. And they're like, oh, let me buy you a beer. So, you know, it worked out really well, actually, on, on many. That's awesome. <laughs> on many levels. So, so yeah, no, I, I really, you know, again, that that's, um, and again, because it was my first full-length cruise, it's certainly a, a memorable thing. I mean, I've cruised with my kids yep. more than once. I mean, I took my kids on the Carnival Splendor from New York, and we had a really nice time. The Splendor is a, a very unusual ship because it's a one-of-a-kind ship that was actually built for the Costa Cruise Company and was signed over to Carnival. Um, there's no other ship like it in the whole Carnival fleet. Um, and uh, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it a lot. There was a lot to recommend, and I even made the former, the former closing night show. It was called The Legends in Concert. Mm -hmm. I actually closed the show because I, I was Frank Sinatra singing my way. Oh. <laughs> but, the, but the only problem was they also had a hypnotist on board. And oops, once once a hypnotist <laughs> is here in the same room, if they're a legitimate hypnotist, 
I go under and do crazy things. So uh, wow, <laughs> that's the story. Oh yeah, that's a, that's another story in itself. Um, all right, before we leave, is there anything else you want to add about the carnival experience, or or anything that we might have uh, missed or or only glossed over? Well, you know what, you mentioning uh, the spirit or or being a former Costa ship really reminded me that we actually have, you talked about our, the Carnival Corporation sister of brands. So Costa is one of our sisters. She's our Italian sister. And we have a really cool concept being introduced next year called Costa by Carnival, where we'll be taking two Costa ships and branding them uh, Costa by Carnival ships. I think the easiest way to describe what's going to happen is it will the ships will keep the the Costa hardware. So what the Costa ships look like will be mainly what they remain as under Carnival. But they'll they'll now have Carnival software. Carnival software being the fun experience that our guests know and love, our crew, um, our entertainment, etc. And those two ships will debut next year uh, from New York. And then the other will debut from Los Angeles. So I'm really looking forward to, to those experiences. They're new to Carnival and the concept is fairly new to the cruise industry as well and kind of rebranding ships and doing a, a co-branded effort, if you will. So look look out for Costa by Carnival next year. Well, I look forward to this one that's leaving from New York. Maybe I'll go ahead and, and, and get a hitch a ride, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's in your neck of the woods for sure. It is. I'm 45 minutes from the New York pier, Cruise Pier. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's it's, okay. it's pretty convenient for sure. Yeah. Well, Cassidy Davis, I want to thank you so much for being on board with us, no pun intended, with Carnival <laughs> Cruise Lines. And again, I just want to remind everyone out there listening that if – you mentioned Carnival Cruise Lines. You will get onboard credit. It's a sliding scale, too complicated to explain on the podcast. But suffice it to say, if you book a Carnival Cruise with me um, at Walter's Wanderings Travel, I will hook you up with onboard credit based on the cabin the st style and the length of your cruise. So you can there be a, a nice chunk of change if you have a balcony for one of those Carnival Journey Cruises we talked about. So I appreciate everyone out there listening, and this has been the Walters Wandering Travel Podcast. We will be back with another edition soon. Take care and have a great day.